Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us on this historic day. The office of the Speaker of the House is officially vacant, with the Brave 21 down to a reformed Brave 8. Congressman Andy Biggs, Tim Burchett, Ken Buck, Eli Crane, Bob Good, Nancy Mace, Matt Rosendale, and Matt Gates, who led the way to the removal of Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy is the first Speaker of the House in history to be voted out of the Speakership. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The Office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. Congressman Matt Gates warned McCarthy over the past few weeks that he would bring the motion to vacate if he worked with the Dems on a continuing resolution and broke his promises he made to the Republican conference back in January. Gates spent roughly a half hour on the floor yesterday rebutting the rhinos who took the podium in the House in support of McCarthy. And at one particular moment, Gates struck a nerve through most of the conference when he called out all the members who are owned and controlled by lobbyists. When it comes to how those raise money, 
I take no lecture on asking patriotic Americans to weigh in and contribute to this fight from those who would grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who own our leadership, who have, oh, boo all you want, who have hollowed out this town and have borrowed against the future of our future generations. I'll be happy to fund my political operation through the work of hardworking Americans, 10 and 20 and $30 at a time, and you all keep showing up at the lobbyist fundraisers and see how that goes for you. I reserve. God bless Matt Gates, And history made as well in a Manhattan courtroom where President Trump, for a second straight day, defended himself from the Marxist Dem's political persecution, fighting a Marxist Dem prosecutor and a Marxist Dem judge in a fraud case against the Trump organization. Earlier in the morning, President Trump posted a picture of Senator Chuck Schumer, and the judge in the case's law clerk, a woman by the name of Allison Greenfield. The caption on the photo of the two said, quote, Why is Judge Engron's principal law clerk palling around with Chuck Schumer? Trump reposted that with his own thoughts, saying, Schumer's girlfriend, Allison Greenfield, is running this case against me. How disgraceful. This case should be dismissed immediately. Before heading off on a lunch recess, President Trump addressed the media outside and said this is a rigged trial brought by a fraudulent attorney general. Why did you decide to come? You didn't have to. I don't have to because this trial is a rigged trial. It's a fraudulent trial. The attorney general is a fraud. And we have to expose her as that. Uh, you see what's going on? It's a rigged deal. What's the frankly, And frankly... You saw what was just put out about Schumer and the principal clerk. That is disgraceful. Speaker McCarthy, should he stay? They were brought up to vacate him this afternoon, sir. While the court was on lunch recess, the judge caught wind of the photo that Trump posted earlier that morning. And when the judge returned to the chambers, he issued a gag order against President Trump to not speak about the judge or the clerk ever again or else. This judge is another Marxist Dem authoritarian judge who thinks he's all that, but he's not even a little bit of that. Take a listen to his past comments, comments that the judge has made about overturning the opinion of a jury. Now, I'm going to say something controversial, even though I'm being taped. Juries get it wrong a lot. That's my own opinion. I do only civil trials personal injury cases, contract disputes. But I've had situations where like, oh my, my heaven's sake, how could they have thought that? Well, I have a, um, I have a tool that I can deal with that. It's called jury notwithstanding the verdict, judgment notwithstanding the verdict. I can say there is no possible way that a reasonable jury would have reached that conclusion. And, all right, am I following the law or am I making law? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm following law, I'm, I'm an impartial referee, but it's hard to factor out my own emotions. And I have tools. Somebody can say, well, Your Honor, you have to throw out this case because it's just like another case. Well, is it just like another case? What if the defendant was wearing a red sweater instead of a blue sweater? Oh, and, and by the way, I worked for the Columbia Daily Spectator for a couple of weeks. 
happened was I went there every day and I wrote a few stories. One I got criticized on because I wrote that some uh, Ku Klux Klaners had murdered some people and then I was told, you can't say that, how do we know? You weren't there. Well, that was what everybody thought. Anyway, yeah, we should have absolute immunity. What if we defame somebody? Um, that's how it usually comes up. You know, you call somebody a murderer or a heroin addict, that sort of thing, a pedophile. And if it's done in court, yeah, I think we should have absolute immunity. Just listen to the arrogance and the pomposity of this Marxist judge. He should be removed, in my opinion, from the case immediately. Joining us now is best-selling author, brilliant political strategist, Roger Stone. Roger, always great to have you with us. Delighted that you would take time to join us here on The Great America Show. I'd like to get your reaction first to the president who will not do debates, but for whom debates seem to do a great deal. The latest poll credits President Trump with gaining five points on the field by not joining in those debates. Your reaction? Yeah, he is the first candidate for president in the history of the United States uh, who has actually won the debate by not showing up. I mean, look, the, the, the shadow he casts on this party uh, is so great. He has so completely remade the modern-day Republican Party into the party of, of the middle class, into the party of working people, indeed into the party of America first, that it is, at the grassroots, his party. Uh, and there's nobody uh, who can come close to him uh, because Mike Pence took himself out of the natural line of secession, which, by the way, in the Republican Party traditionally means a very great deal. We nominate Bush after Reagan. We nominate Nixon after Eisenhower. Republicans believe in the natural order of things, the hegemony, if you will. Um, there, There is no one uh, who is a dominant figure in this party, like Donald Trump. Uh, and just from a strictly political manager's point of view, uh, going to the debates would mean that he has a lot to lose and nothing whatsoever to gain. Why open yourself up to pot shots uh, from you know single-digit uh, candidates like Chris Christie, for example, uh, or these other wannabes, uh, when you're not just in a leading position, you're in a commanding position. Uh, I think the president has made two good decisions. And in the case of the most recent Fox debate, going to Michigan, addressing the members of the United Auto Workers, but doing so with substance, uh, I, to me, that's the opening gun of the general election campaign. Uh, and a and I think a very effective way to reach crossover Democrats and independents who realize that Joe Biden's future economy just does not include them. And you're talking about uh, in Michigan with the UAW uh, in the in the audience, uh, an important uh, symbol, I think, because it does. It takes us all back to 2015 and 2016 when he uh, he set he set the standard he and he's uh, put his lance in the ground uh, he would fly the standard of labor uh, working men and women the middle class as, as you mentioned uh, and it worked uh, it worked as a campaign strategy uh, beautifully uh, brilliantly even uh, but as a, an honest expression of where he lives and his values uh, it was even better all the better for being authentic uh, authentic uh, don't you think uh, totally agree. I mean, there's a reason 
uh, why Donald Trump carries Michigan uh, and Wisconsin uh, uh, and Georgia uh, and other states where Mitt Romney falls short. Uh, and that reason can be found in the suburbs. There's a subset of voters who are not Republicans, many of whom who either are nominally still Democrats or they used to think of themselves as Democrats, who really aren't comfortable with most Republicans, but then Donald Trump is not most Republicans. Uh, and his appeal has always been much broader than the Republican Party. Uh, it really harkens back to the old originally Nixon and then Reagan coalition of traditional Republicans and working class blue collar voters, mostly but not all Catholics uh, in the in the Northeast and the Midwest, uh, that the Republicans were never really able to reassemble when they had elitist candidates like Mitt Romney uh, or, in fact, John McCain, who I think started out to be a pretty good guy, but then fell into a serious case of Potomac fever. Uh, which made him a Washington creature. Uh, Trump, who will never be a politician, but who is without any question the head of a political movement, really embodies middle-class values. Uh, he's about jobs. He's about opportunity. He's about fairness. He's certainly about law and order and the safety and security of our neighborhoods. Uh, he has certainly, I think, surrounded the issue of energy independence. Uh, as you know, Lou, every president, Republican and Democrat in our lifetimes promised us this and they never delivered it. We were still going hat in hand to Saudi Arabia or to Russia uh, or to Venezuela to try to get oil. Uh, those days ended with Donald Trump and they rebegan with Joe Biden. You don't have to be a genius to know that when you turn off the oil pipelines and you deny all permits going forward for the drilling of natural oil and gas and you close down those areas uh, in the Antarctic, which are energy rich, that you're going to drive gas prices beyond the cost uh, or I should say the reach of the average driver, uh, whether it's commercial or personal uh, in this country. So Trump embodies those things. That's why he's the strongest general election candidate. When people say to me, well, he's the one Republican that can't win. No, on the contrary, I think he's actually the only Republican who can win. I agree with you 100 uh, percent. And just and to sort of explore that a bit, Governor DeSantis decides to go after Donald Trump uh, at the end of September. I, I imagine that this late he decides he's going to be a big boy and go after the man, uh, Donald Trump saying he's using Joe Biden's basement strategy, uh, saying that he is absent uh, on the debate stage, uh, absent uh, from his duties. He doesn't have any s sense of self, uh, no self-awareness, uh, because he's the governor who's AWOL in Florida. Uh, he is also the guy whose numbers are sinking, while the guy who he's accosting, at least verbally, is ascending. Uh, and by the way, to heights that I think are unreachable for any other candidate, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Biden uh, right now is looking at Donald Trump, a man who's trying to put in prison for 700 years, uh, has the biggest lead yet, 51 points over DeSantis in the latest morning consult uh, uh, poll. What, what's your reaction to those numbers? 
Well, first of all, I mean, Ron DeSantis is a perfect example of a candidate who is flailing. He's now on his ninth different strategy and his third reboot. Uh, it is uh, not going to work. It also ignores history. I mean, Ron DeSantis would be managing a McDonald's someplace right now if it weren't for Donald Trump. Uh, he was an undistinguished member of Congress. Uh, he was a long shot, to say the least, for governor. Uh, the Republican establishment uh, in Florida had decided on another candidate who had a 35 plus lead. Uh, it is only through the good graces of Donald Trump and a tweeted endorsement and then dogged campaigning in the closing weeks of that general election in 2018 that Ron DeSantis rose to nation national prominence. So uh, this act of attacking Trump now smacks to me of treachery, of disloyalty. There was a time when I thought voters, even though I cared about it, and I certainly knew Trump cared about it, I didn't think voters cared about it. I turned out to be wrong about that, certainly here in the in the state of Florida. Uh, the other thing I guess I would say is that I've now begun this seeing this trend of Joe Biden using sound bites of Ron DeSantis in his TV commercials to attack Donald Trump. So <laughs> to me, that demonstrates that this contest, which really should be called, uh, is actually going to begin to hurt the party. I'm not sure it will hurt Trump, but it will certainly hurt the party overall. Uh, and that debate the other night, I mean, look, I, I like you, Lou, I'm a, a junkie. I, I love politics. I, I normally would stay tuned in for every minute and then handicap it and so on. I had to turn it off after a while. Yeah. It was like a junior high school shouting match. Candidates shouting over each other, uh, leveling personal insults. I mean, I actually saw Senator Tim Scott, who I kind of like, attacking uh, former governor, former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley, who I did not like. Uh, over the curtains at the U.N. mission uh, uh, of the United States in New York. Talk about mundane. When when there are 370,000 homeless veterans in the country, when the average person uh, cannot afford groceries, when there are, at this point, 235,000, I think, uh, illegals pouring into the country unchecked. You guys are arguing about the curtains at the U.N.? Please, it, it was beneath dignity. Yeah. And uh, and beneath this president, uh, President Trump, who uh, did, is uh, again, I'm in an absolute concurrence and I'm so glad we agree on this, made the decision not to participate. Uh, a great decision and a, a, a great leader showing again why he is 51 points ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about each one of these candidates, if we may, Roger, when we come back. I'd like to get your judgment on each of the uh, magnificent uh, seven or whatever you might want to call them. Uh, I will be hyperbolic in my praise of them until we hear your critique, uh, and I will adjust accordingly. We'll be right back with the great Roger Stone. Stay with us. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back with the irrepressible Roger Stone and uh, political uh, maven, uh, brilliant author. And I, I would just like to turn now to the what I broached uh, before we went to the a quick pause. Uh, who would be a, uh, amongst these? Your Well, I'll just ask it this way. Well, how would you rank each one of these candidates uh, seeking the same job that uh, President uh, Trump uh, seems to have wrapped up? There's no standout candidate here. There, there is no there is no star. I mean, I, I've always thought, certainly back to the days uh, of Reagan, that likability was an extraordinarily important quality in a candidate, regardless of their issue positions. Uh, I think likability was one of the great strengths of Reagan. I think it is one of the great strengths of Trump. Uh, and I think the greatest single problem that Governor DeSantis, who I think most people would say to the extent that there is anyone in second place in this race, although even that varies from state to state, and he's had huge slippage. Remember, this is a man who was once at 42% in New Hampshire. He's now uh, at 10% and vying for fourth place with three other candidates. But the governor lacks any relatability, any warmth, uh, any humor. Uh, he seems wound too tight. Uh, his, his responses all seem to me to be canned, rehearsed, practiced in front of a mirror. There's nothing genuine or, and most importantly, nothing entertaining about him. Uh, I'm reminded, I think I've told you the story about the guy who owned the dog food business, uh, and ultimately his dog food business went broke because he couldn't sell any dog food as, as hard as he tried. And when he was asked why his dog food company went out of business, he said, well, there was one problem. The dogs didn't like the stuff. Um, I think that is fundamentally the problem here. Uh, beyond that, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, I mean, first of all, she's way too shrill and way too hot for television. But secondarily, uh, she seems to want to shoot first and ask questions later. Uh, she's George W. Bush in heels. Uh, I don't think the American people want endless foreign war. I think the American people are already beginning to become disillusioned with shipping billions more to Ukraine. All these candidates give lip service to sealing our border, but they seem to be intent on spending more money to protect the Ukrainian borders than they are prepared to spend on protecting our borders. Uh, I, I, she is, a, I, as a Republican, I, I could never vote for her. And that's tough for me. I'm a former young Republican national chairman. I spent my life in the party of Lincoln, the party of Eisenhower, the party of Goldwater, the party of Reagan obviously the party of Trump, uh, but I, uh, to me, her foreign policy is indistinguishable to the, from that of, of Anthony Blinken uh, and the Biden administration. Endless foreign war, uh, weakness abroad. Uh, it, it is really sobering to see what she's selling. I don't think anyone is buying. 
Uh, and to look at Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, he is a, a person I think many people want to like, uh, and they want to, in, in some ways, uh, hear more from him. But I thought that Nikki Haley did an amazing uh, job of taking him down a peg, if you will, when she said, basically, and I thought this was great. <laughs> There was great irony in this as well, because she said she felt dumber the more she listened to him. Uh, I, I wondered if that's because that was the only person she was listening to. Uh, your, I, your thought about him, your critique. You know, I'm, I must tell you, Lou, I think that his 15 minutes have come and gone. Uh, I think he was an interesting kind of novelty early in the race. Uh, he's clearly modeled his campaign uh, based on a serious study uh, of polling, which indicates that both Donald Trump and Donald Trump's issue positions are extraordinarily popular in the party. So he has gone out of his way to identify himself with Trump as opposed to positioning himself as a critic of Trump, unlike all the other candidates at this point. Uh, very notable that on the morning Trump was arraigned uh, in Miami in the so-called documents case Vivek showed up outside the courthouse in support of the president. I think that was fairly shrewd. The problem now, I think, are a couple fold. Uh, he expresses skepticism about the war in Ukraine. Uh, I agree with him, but he does not take the time to explain his position historically in a way that, say, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. does, who I think explains his hesitation about the war in Ukraine with a great, great historical perspective. Because as you know, we signed uh, a, an agreement uh, with the Soviets, with the Russians, I should say, uh, when East and West Germany were unified, in which we agreed not to push Ukraine further into NATO, to use former Secretary of State Jim Baker's exact words, not an inch further into NATO. We are in violation of that. The reason that it matters is it's not about membership in some club. It's about the mounting of offensive uh, Western missiles pointed at Russia uh, mounted in Ukraine, a total violation of an agreement that we reached. Uh, Vivek doesn't take the time to explain that. He should. And now when you add to that the fact that he has, uh, and I saw this video last night, uh, he has been busted really lifting uh, a lot of rhetoric directly from Barack Obama, uh, reminiscent of when Joe Biden lifted rhetoric from Neil Kinnock, uh, the famous British political leader, which caused his campaign to collapse. Uh, now you add on top of it, uh, Vivek's connections to the World Economic Forum, uh, to, uh, to George Soros, which he tries to kind of glibly explain away, but I think raise a lot of questions in people's minds. Uh, he's an interesting fellow. He's clearly a very talented man. Uh, he's very glib. He's very articulate. But I really think his act is starting to wear a bit thin. Wearing thin, but I also I have to credit him with being a little more inventive than than Joe Biden in his plagiarism. I, I, I love the fact that he decided to plagiarize Donald Trump by saying America first really belongs to no one man. When clearly it does, that was clearly Donald Trump's uh, motto uh, and uh, value uh, writ large across his campaign and ultimately his administration. But Vivek had the audacity and the inventiveness to say, no, that, that, that doesn't belong to anyone. Man, I'm actually a better merchant for that particular product. Uh, it was uh, outrageous. It was audacious. Uh, and it was plagiarism nonetheless. 
Well, uh, again, I'm not really sure what Vivek's ultimate goal is here. He's not going to be nominated for president. He's not a logical candidate for vice president. Could he, down the road, prove himself as secretary of commerce, perhaps, or some other important position in a Trump administration? The answer is yes. And then these questions about his past would disappear, assuming that he performed consistent with his current issue positions. Well, people are allowed to change their mind over time uh, based on new information and also by just based on, you know, the wiseness that comes with age. I certainly have. Uh, Won't be it to them who doesn't change when they get new information or better information. Uh, But I, I really think um, that he 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 had a, a slight run after the first debate. It was kind of a novelty act. Everybody ganged up on him in this most recent debate, uh, largely because he had very effectively taken the point against all of them, career politicians, in the first debate. But this devolved into a mutter. I mean, this devolved into a shouting match, which I think no one distinguished themselves. Uh, and Chris Christie, very hard to understand what this guy thinks he's doing other than the revenge tour. I mean, we understand he's angry at Donald Trump because he never got a cabinet job, uh, but there's zero chance that he can be nominated. Uh, His allies in New Jersey recently tried to pull a fast one under which they would have canceled the New Jersey Republican presidential primary uh, and allowed the delegates to be selected in a smoke-filled back room in Atlantic City, <laughs> New Jersey, uh, and uh, the party chieftains decided that they couldn't sell that. So New Jersey will have its primary, and when they have his primary, I would predict to you that Donald Trump will soundly thrash one of the least popular political figures in the state of New Jersey. Yeah, I, I, it's... It's pretty easy to see his motivation. Uh, it's hard to understand how he has an appeal, e- even amongst the uh, the gambling moguls of uh, of the country. Uh, we're talking with Roger Stone. We're coming right back. Stay with us. We're going to take up what Roger thinks of the shutdown, the budget, uh, and how the Republicans are doing as they try to reconcile an impeachment with giving a an impaired and compromised president everything he wants in a budget. Uh, it's an odd conflict. We'll take it up with him, see what he thinks. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Roger Stone. Roger, again, it's great to be talking with you. I'd like to ask you, first of all, uh, what do you make of a a Republican Congress that at once is trying to impeach Joe Biden 
but at the same time, try to give him every dime he asked for uh, in a seven plus trillion dollar budget. Well, let's take the first part of it first. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure that they're seeking to impeach Joe Biden. They're making a lot of noise about it. But uh, if you look at the subpoenas from the House Democrats surrounding January 6th, if you look at the subpoenas from House Democrats and the House Intelligence Committee when they were in control of the Congress surrounding the Russian collusion hoax, uh, why has no member of the Biden family yet been subpoenaed to testify? There's plenty to ask them about. When congressmen like Jerry Nadler, AOC, say there's a Dane Goldman, say there's no evidence. No, on the contrary, there's a mountain of evidence and more growing every single day. So how serious they really are about impeaching him remains to be seen. Now, I think m most of your listeners know that an impeachment is just an indictment. It's just a charge. That's not the same as a conviction. Simple impeachment by the House does not remove you from office. Only a conviction after a trial in the U.S. Senate does that. The Democrats knew when they moved to impeach Donald Trump, not once but twice, that they did not have the two-thirds necessary in the Senate. But their goal was to do as much political damage to Donald Trump as they possibly could, uh, and they certainly did some. Uh, now to move to the second part uh, of the question, uh, my head is still spinning because it all seemed to happen uh, so quickly, but you have to conclude that we have a uniparty in which everybody's kind of on board the same agenda, uh, and that therefore the current Republican leadership was never serious about spending constraint, never serious about single issue spending bills, never serious about term limits, never serious about releasing all of the January 6th camera footage. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has broken faith with Republicans uh, in both his conference and in the country on every major concession he made in order to become speaker. Uh, and he seems to prefer to negotiate privately and secretly with the Democrats uh, to uh, fund Joe Biden's entire agenda going forward. Particularly shocking before this even went down was an announcement by the Pentagon that regardless of what the Congress did, the rate of spending and the money we were shipping to Ukraine would not be impaired in any way. So does it really matter at the end of the day? It looks to me in a weird way that it does not. Uh, either the Republicans stand for something or they stand for nothing. Uh, and the last election was for naught. It is. I, I think you've cast it perfectly. And that is we have right now what appears to be a pretend republic just as we have a pretend president, uh, a pretend government uh, that is under the absolute control of the deep state of the Marxist Dems. There's no part of government uh, department or agency that isn't controlled by the deep state and the Marxist Dems. It, it is also, you are also, and I understand it, involved in Hunter Biden's latest gambits uh, in a lawsuit which I find amazing, a lawsuit to sue those who've infringed upon his both property and privacy by uh, by exhibiting the laptop that he says wasn't his, at least initially. And uh, tell us tell us about it. Yeah, the whole thing is uh, Kafkaesque. I mean, I have covered the issue of Hunter Biden's laptop. 
uh, on my uh, daily show at StoneZone.live uh, at 5 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, and I've covered it also on my WABC radio show on Sundays, which is from 3 to 5 at WABCRadio.com. Lou, we were honored to have you as a guest very recently. It was a great show. And I've covered the laptop based on public sources. Everything I know about the laptop, I either learned at the New York Post uh, or at Breitbart News or at MarcoPoloUSA.org, which is the nonprofit organization that has produced a faithful copy uh, of uh, the laptop material. Matt Gates placed all of this material in the congressional record. It is now a matter of public record. This idea that I somehow had custody of this information, received it from someone, passed it on to someone on its way to Rudy Giuliani and publication is a is a is a fever dream is a is a crazy left wing conspiracy theorist theory. Uh, I've been subpoenaed now, uh, not that I'm being sued directly, but Rudy Giuliani is being sued directly. The accusation is that he hacked and tampered with the material. I don't think that's correct based on what I've read. Uh, Garrett Ziegler at the Marco Polo Foundation is being sued along similar lines. I think that's a frivolous lawsuit as well. Uh, and I have nothing to provide these people. Everything I know is from uh, a public source. Mm -hmm. So I think the design here is just to muddy the waters and also in my case and the case of others to try to discourage you from talking about this in your public broadcasts. Notice, Lou, uh, that Hunter Biden's lawyers have not sued Fox, have not sued the New York Post. That's because, particularly the New York Post, they have deep pockets and they would fight because their stories have all been authenticated by their publishers and their editors. So I think it's just general harassment. Uh, way back in March, I got a letter from Hunter Biden's lawyer, uh, Abby Lowell, who told me that if I did not apologize for my public comments regarding the laptop by last March 31st, that he would file suit against me. I declined to apologize for speaking the truth and stating my opinion. Uh, as of yet, I have not been sued. If I am sued, I will fight. I'll have to go out and raise the money to do it. But there's an important principle here. Um, I know nothing about how this material became public, but based on everything I do know, I believe it was through a legal process. And I have merely reported and commented on right. what is indeed news. But you have been subpoenaed. Yes, indeed. And what are you to produce under the terms of that subpoena, if you can they, tell us? They would like all of my communications regarding the laptop with a long list of people. It includes Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and many, many people I've never heard of. Now, there is no correspondence, but that's not the point. Uh, the, the point here is it's a fishing expedition. Uh, this is a matter brought in Delaware State Court, which means Mrs. Stone and I have to go out and retain a Delaware state attorney probably to move to quash this. There is no basis for it. I actually don't have any information that it would be responsive to their request. Any discussion of the laptop would be after the fact and based on published reports. Did I have John Paul McIsaac on my show? Yes, I did. So what? Exactly. Uh, and we had him on the show.
and more than once. And so what? The, the reality is that you said it, I believe, again, absolutely correctly. It's a way in which to chill uh, important voices and to uh, keep them from speaking the truth as they see it, give their opinions uh, based on their knowledge of the circumstances and facts. Uh, and that is what all of this is about. And lawfare, certainly, as they try to uh, bankrupt every single person on the right uh, who has the, the courage, as you do, to speak up uh, and tell the truth. Roger Stone, we thank you so much for being with us. Uh, it's always wonderful to talk with you. And as always on this uh, podcast, we give our, our guests the last word. Your concluding thoughts, if you would. Uh, Lou, this, these are obviously very dispiriting days for anyone who looks at the news. Uh, but I refuse to give up. I think most of the people listening do as well. Uh, Donald Trump uh, is unique, kind of like there was only two other people, I think, in history where the entire future of the country hinged on one man. The first one was George Washington. The second one was Abraham Lincoln. The third one uh, is, yes, indeed, a Donald Trump. Uh, and these attacks on him are just making him stronger. How exactly this plays out, only Lord, the Lord himself knows. But I, I intend to keep the faith. I intend to keep praying for my country, praying particularly for Donald Trump's safety uh, and content in the belief that good will, uh, will prevail in the end. Amen. I couldn't agree more, as, uh, as usual. Uh, Roger Stone, uh, terrific to have you with us. Thanks, and God bless you. Lou, many, many thanks. Thanks, everybody, for being here today. Tomorrow, we're joined by one of the brave eight who stood up for integrity in the House of Representatives and for the American people, conservative Congressman Matt Rosendale. Please join us for Congressman Rosendale and much more tomorrow. Join us each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out the all-new LouDobbs.com. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless and save America. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.